test, test. Test, test, test. Test, test. Test. All right, we're here, ready to begin? We are ready to begin. We are ready to begin. It's on. Test. All right, we are ready to begin. If you'd like to come in and find a seat. Come in and find a seat. We're ready to begin. Well, welcome back again, everyone. We're so glad you're here at Newport Church this morning. Uh, if you're new here, we are in the midst of a sermon series called Freedom, and we are talking about being set free from uh, just many of the things that happen in life, that, the things that, that uh, bind us, the things that become, become chains to us. And today we are on our third Sunday of Freedom Series, and we're talking about freedom from ungodly beliefs today. So uh, that's what we're going to be diving into. Now, I don't know if you ever noticed, sort of in the Christian world, in the church world, we get these phrases, we get these terminology, and sometimes it's even hard to understand what this terminology means. Did you ever think that there was a difference between what we say being born again and being saved? Is there a difference between being born again and being saved? Did you ever notice that once you became a Christian, you find yourself sometimes still dealing with issues you thought would be gone? And you might ask, why do I still fight battles over things in my life now that I'm a Christian? So on the one hand... Being born again is that new relationship with God the Father through Jesus, believing in Jesus, being forgiven, coming into God's kingdom. That's what it means to be born again. But often we still have some old junk in our lives, don't we? That needs to be cleaned out. And sometimes it's being cleaned out a bit at a time. So that's what it means to be saved. That means... It's a process. It's a sequence of events in time. It's a progression. Some call it being made holy. Some call it sanctification. So 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 18 says, We with unveiled face behold the glory of the Lord, and we are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. And Romans 8 says, Those he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So two things, we're being transformed and we're being conformed. In a nutshell, what God wants is for you to be like Jesus, and he's making you into Christ-likeness. It could be compared to the process of, of taking an onion 
and like peeling back a layer at a time to get to what God has for us. And so in this Freedom Series, we're, we're going through a bit by bit of what we call the Restoring the Foundations ministry. Uh, it was a ministry founded by Chester and Betsy Kilster, and we use some of their material here in, in the sermon series. We've already covered sins of the fathers or generational sins that are handed down through families. We've talked about uh, curses that are handed down through, through families or curses that, that result uh, and come onto our lives. If you didn't hear those, you can, you can get the audio or the video for those sermons on newportchurch.net. But today we're talking about ungodly beliefs. Next Sunday we're talking about soul and spirit hurts, those deep wounds that happen deep in, inside of our lives. Uh, August 5th, so you don't want to miss that. And then in two weeks, demonic oppression, Sunday, August 12th. And you don't want to miss that one either. Now, ungodly beliefs. What are ungodly beliefs? Ungodly beliefs are lies, and in, in case I didn't mention, we do have um, sermon notes, these orange sermon notes that you need to have for this morning. If you didn't get one, there are some on the back table. You can hop up and, and run right back there and get one. You also need the Who I Am in Christ flyer. Uh, both of these are really, really important for this morning. So if you didn't get one, they're on the back table. Run back and get one. What are ungodly beliefs? They are lies that we believe about ourselves and about others and about God. And why are they dangerous? Because they affect our perceptions. They affect our decisions. They affect our actions. God wants our minds to be completely renewed. Ungodly beliefs cause us to see life improperly. It's like a new set of glasses that skew our vision of life. They cause us to choose roads in life with the wrong data on hand. On the other hand, beliefs that agree with God and His Word and His nature make up our godly beliefs. I was trying to figure out a phrase that might relate ungodly beliefs to 2018 America, Pennsylvania, uh, through the time that we're living in. And the best phrase that I could come up with to relate ungodly beliefs to our news media today is the phrase, fake news. Anyone hear, hear that phrase before? <laughs> Some of you have heard that phrase. And, and well, what, what is, what is uh, fake news? It's often, you know, it's often press releases. It's often social media posts put out by Maybe it's groups, maybe it's individuals, and these things that they put out are not true, but these things are believable, and they have the power to sway public opinion. They have the power to sway government decisions. They have the power to sway uh, even elections, and, and if enough people believe a lie, they will, people will react in a certain way because uh, they have believed it, and it comes into their minds, and, and they respond in a certain way. And, and you know, Satan, if, we, if you read your Bible, you see really quickly in, in the book of Genesis, in the first three chapters, that Satan is the master of lies. Satan is the master of fake news. 
in the Garden of Eden, Satan was in the form of a, of a serpent, and he cast doubt on what God had said, and he cast doubt on consequences for sin. And Satan, the serpent, came along and said to Adam and Eve, you know, did God really say that you shouldn't eat from that tree? And then he asked another, he started asking other questions like, you know, you won't really suffer the consequences that God, that God said. And, and so uh, Satan, the master of fake news, the master of lies, plants doubts and lies in people's minds to get them to doubt God, to doubt his goodness, to doubt the consequences for sin. So I, I believe this morning that fake news from Satan is the same as ungodly beliefs. They're, they're damaging results from living your life based on a foundation of lies, based on believing the lies that Satan has. Each one of us has a belief system, which includes it's our beliefs, it's our, it's our decisions, it's our attitudes, it's our judgments, it's our expectations, it's our vows, and any beliefs that do not agree with God make up our ungodly beliefs. So a typical ungodly belief is one that appears to be absolutely true from your experience and yet is absolutely false based on God's word. So an example is you come to church and you might hear a song called Good, Good Father. We're talking about God and we're declaring that God is a good father. And yet someone might walk in through these doors on a Sunday morning who has come out of a family or household where the father in that household was completely horrible and abusive and, and abused children. And, and they come in with the expectation that this is what fathers are like. Fathers are horrible people. They are abusive people. They will harm children in the family. And, and, and so they come in with the expectation, the ungodly belief, that this is the way fathers act. And, and then you start talking about God our Father, and, and they have no concept. They, they believe that all fathers are, are bad, all fathers are abusive, and even God himself, we call him our Father, he's abusive too. And so we have a skewed view of what fathers are like, based on our experience and not based on truth. So ungodly beliefs develop out of our experience. And ungodly beliefs powerfully affect our lives until our hearts are healed through the power of Jesus. John, Jesus said uh, in John chapter 8, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, and then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So if you want to know truth this morning, this, this is truth. Jesus is truth. Real, absolute, complete truth. This is where we know what is true and what is false by digging into God's word to hearing what, what God says to us in his word. This is real truth. This is complete truth. Now, where do ungodly beliefs come from? I would, I would suggest there are two sources. One from, 
from experiences of, of hurt, from childhood hurts or traumas or negative experiences, although we can acquire them as, as adults too. So, for example, a child or a young person might say, I am not important because my dad doesn't have time for me. And so I grow up and I go into life believing that I am not a person of importance. I'm, I'm just not important. Or significant people in my life will not be there for me when I need them. Ungodly beliefs. Or things would be better if I had not been born. My life is a total mistake. Ungodly belief. Next one. It is better to keep my mouth shut and my feelings to myself because if I express them, I'll just get in trouble. So I'm going to just stuff my feelings deep down inside because that's better. Ungodly belief. So the best way to acquire something in your, in your memory, if you're trying to memorize something, if you're trying to remember something, the best way to remember it is by repetition over and over and over. You read it, you say it, you repeat it. And ungodly belief systems in us are built bit by bit as hurts are repeated over and over. And, and as we hear repeated back to us, the, the results of those hurts. So we might hear things said to us like, you will never amount to anything. And as that is repeated, coming into our ears, especially as a young person, especially as a child, that ungodly belief begins to build up and build up and build up. The words that we hear. Don't be a coward. Joey is a sissy. And, and, you know, all those kinds of things that we hear coming into our hearts, coming into our minds, and we begin to take those and, and build those as, as that's who I am. That's, that's who I am. I, and those ungodly beliefs just take root. Hebrews 12 and verse 15. The Bible says, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. And, and so, uh, adults, we begin to acquire ungodly beliefs through what? Through problems in, in marriage, through problems in business, or, or in the church, or, or things in life that happen, accidents, or disasters, or tragedies. And, and these can, can sometimes cause us to believe lies about ourselves, and about other people, and even about God himself. Bad things are just always going to happen to me. That tragedy happened because God doesn't love me. He loves everyone else, but he doesn't love me. God is just being mean to me. Ungodly beliefs all the way through. So uh, ungodly beliefs come from, uh, come from outside, outside of us, experiences of hurt. Ungodly beliefs also come from our, our natural minds, where the world speaks to us of its concepts of, of what it looks like to be successful, to be popular, to be self-sufficient, and, and concepts that encourage us to be in charge, be number one, to do our own thing. And in our natural minds, we try to handle and make sense out of life's hurts and traumas. We try to protect 
ourselves from hurt. We develop belief systems about why we suffer, and often they're ungodly beliefs. We form conclusions and judgments that help us to understand what happened. So, so this disaster happened, and then, and then something else happened, then something else happened. I take one and one and one, and I add it up to, to make sense out of it, and it builds up to be an ungodly belief. And, and not only that, but families and parents pass on beliefs, whether it's good or bad. Attitudes and beliefs about life and politics and religion and education, relationships, marriage. Beliefs about how women should think about men and how men should think about women and how they should, how they should treat each other. And we receive prejudices about people or races or cultures from our families. Families are belief shapers. If you're, if you're a parent or a grandparent here this morning, part of a family, you have great influence. You, you have a great position of influence into children and grandchildren around you, passing down beliefs and values to them. And this becomes a vicious cycle where where first a person has a, has a bad experience, and then from that bad experience comes an ungodly belief, and then from that ungodly belief comes an expectation, this is going, always going to happen to me, and then from that expectation comes certain behavior, and from that behavior comes more experience, and it just becomes this, this vicious circle of spiraling, spiraling downward. An example from my own life was that I grew up with an ungodly belief that I was a failure and I wasn't good at anything. And it really all started, as much as I can remember, as much as I can think about, it started back in elementary school and middle school, mostly in gym class, that I was not good at anything, but mostly I was not good at sports or athletics. And I really wasn't. Everyone knew it. I just couldn't hit a baseball or get a basketball in the net. It just seemed completely impossible. And so, when people were picking teams for something, I was always picked last. I don't blame them now. If I were picking a team, I wouldn't pick me either. <laughs> I'd pick the best athletes first, you know, that... That makes sense. You want to win. You want to have a team that wins. And so I developed this ungodly belief that I was a, not just a failure at sports. I was a failure at life all the way through. Until seventh grade came along. And something dramatically changed. I'd always memorized the eye exam charts in school. And, and this year, they had a new chart <laughs> that I hadn't memorized. <laughs> and I failed the eye exam for the first time. Of course, the letter went off to my parents, and, and then we went off to the eye doctor, and, and we all began to realize how bad my eyesight was. And then it, it all started to come together. Oh, you know... I wasn't good at baseball because I couldn't see the pitch coming. I wasn't good at basketball because I really couldn't see the rim that well. Um, it, it all started to make sense. And I'll, I'll never forget driving home 
1972 from the eye doctor with my new pair of black, those Buddy Holly eyeglasses, you know, the big, thick black ones, seeing a whole new world for the first time. It's like, oh my goodness, you can really read that road sign way down there. I never thought that was possible. And so as, you know, gym class rolls around again, I was amazed too. You mean you could actually see the basketball goal? You can see the pitch coming to you. That's amazing. But unfortunately for me, the damage had already been done. And and for a long time, I carried this baggage of those ungodly beliefs, thinking I was a failure. I really only got set free. It was a testimony to our small group a few years ago. Some of you heard this story. When I was having this, this recurring dream, almost a nightmare, it was not a pleasant dream, and it just happened over and over and over again, where I, would, I was going into a college classroom, and I realized as I walked through the door of the classroom that the final exam was happening that day, and I had no clue it was happening. In fact, I hadn't studied for the final exam. In fact, I hadn't even been to the class all semester. And I had just this terrible feeling of of panic, like, what's going to happen? I know I'm going to fail this final exam. I know I'm going to fail the whole class. And then I would wake up. And time and time again, this, this dream, this nightmare would come back. And for some reason, in small group, we were sitting in Carol and Brian's house, and uh, uh, we got to talking about dreams or nightmares or something. And I just sort of shared, you know, I have this dream that keeps coming back, that, that I'm going into the final exam and I know I'm going to fail. And someone very wise in the group, I don't remember who it was, said something like, what do you think that dream means? It's like, well, that's a good question. I never thought about that before. And without stopping to think, which isn't something I usually do, I usually stop and think for three days first, Without stopping to think, I opened my mouth and I said, I think the dream means that I'm a failure and I will always fail. It's like, wow, where did that come from? I didn't even know I was going to say that. I didn't even know I really believed that. But somehow, I just said it. And then the same person said, well, do you think we can pray with you? I said, yes. That would be amazing. That would be awesome. Would you please pray for me? And the group gathered around me. The power of small groups. You ought to be in a small group if you're not. (laughs) The group gathered around me and prayed that night. And I believed I was completely set free from that ungodly belief that I was a failure. I never had that dream again. The dream stopped that night and I never, never had it again. I believe I was completely set free from that ungodly, ungodly belief that I was, a, as a, as a, I was a failure. So as we form beliefs, godly ones, ungodly ones, sometimes when things have gone wrong in life, you know, we make a list of the people we should blame for what's gone wrong. It was my dad's fault. It was my grandma's fault. If only that guy had not run the red light. And we make this list of of people that we ought to blame for all the troubles in our lives. 
And sometimes when we can't find someone else to blame, we blame God and we accuse God. There's a song we sing here sometimes. I like the song. It's called King of My Heart. Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from. Oh, he is my song. Remember that? Yeah, you know that song? It probably sounds better from someone else. Um, And then the the chorus goes, you are good, good. And and then it goes into this next line that says, you're never going to let me down. You're never going to let me down. So we're singing to God, and we're declaring not only is God good, but that God isn't going to let us down. Now, listen carefully, because I believe there's some correction I want to bring to, to maybe one or two people in this church, because I've heard people say in this church, You know, well, I don't agree with that song. Of course God lets us down. I prayed and God didn't answer my prayer. Or God didn't answer my prayer the way I wanted him to answer my prayer. So he let me down. That is an ungodly belief. Psalm 145 and verse 13 says, the Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all that he does. God is God, and he is not obligated to say yes to your every prayer. He is not obligated even to explain why. But he is still good. He is still trustworthy. He is still faithful. Your opinion of God does not change God's person. Your opinion of God does not change God's character. He is still good and he is still almighty no matter what you believe about him. Just because he does not answer any and every prayer your way does not change his character of goodness and faithfulness. There's a funny example from from popular movies. In the fictional movie, Bruce Almighty has a main character who's not a godly person at all. He's He's a news reporter. And Bruce has just been complaining and complaining to God about his life and about how unfair everything is. And God decides to go on vacation and give all his power to Bruce. (laughs) And, And Bruce experiences what it's like to hear everyone's prayers coming to him. And and Bruce says, enough of this. I don't have time to listen to every prayer coming to me. I'm going to just uh, and he, he has this uh, computer monitor, and he says, I'm just going to say yes to all. For all the prayer requests coming in, I'm going to say yes to everyone. And, and the movie really depicts well how, how the result of saying yes to everyone's prayer was just 
utter chaos in the world. I mean, I mean, uh, uh, millions of people won the lottery and got like $14 a piece, you know, and, and uh, just, just utter chaos happens because everyone got exactly what they prayed for. And so uh, we, we believe that God, the Bible, the Bible teaches us that God's ways are so much higher and, and, and above our ways that there are times that, that we pray for things out of our own, our own, perhaps our own ignorance. And, and we're praying for things, and, and then we realize later, you know, it, it's really good that God didn't give me what I wanted back then, because this, this way is a, is a better way. Now, in your, on your uh, orange handout, there's a list of examples of ungodly beliefs, and I, I just want to pray this morning that God speaks to you today as you see these, these examples, and if God points out one or more of these uh, or highlights them in, in your life, I encourage you to maybe just circle it or, or put a line there and, and, and pray into that this week or pray into that this afternoon and, and find the areas perhaps where God might want to set you free. And, and I just want to point out that these are just examples. These are just samples. I'm sure there are many, many, many more of ungodly beliefs that, that might, be, might be out there. So I'm not going to read them all, but these, these are things like, I don't belong. I'm always going to be on the outside. I'm always going to be left out. Uh, the best way to avoid hurt and rejection is just to isolate myself. Uh, I've messed up so badly that I've missed God's best for me. I'll never get credit for what I do. The perfect life is one in which no conflict is allowed, and so there is peace. I will always be angry or shy or jealous or insecure or fearful. I will never change and be as God wanted me to be. I have wasted a lot of time and energy. I will always have financial problems. And, and, and many of these are just are, are things that could very well hit home for for many of us, and could be the ungodly beliefs that are in operation in, in our lives as well. So, what do, we, what do we do? Romans 12 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, so uh, the, first, the first most important part is to uh, come to faith Come by, by faith to God through, through Jesus, that realizing that, that we, we need to come to God. We need to be in right relationship with God. And it's only by the death and resurrection of Jesus that we, it's only by the blood of Jesus that we can come into good and right relationship with God. We can be renewed. We can be set free. We can be transformed. So uh, step number one is forgive. Forgive others. Forgive ourselves, not accusing God. Forgive those who are cruel. Forgive those who are unkind. Forgive those who are hurtful. Forgive those who sinned against you. Forgive yourself. I don't know about you, but, but sometimes when people have wronged me, I've had this, this video that plays in my mind over and over, and it repeats, it repeats that scenario, it repeats that situation, and it repeats uh, the words that, that people spoke to me. 
And part of forgiveness is asking God, God, would you help me to stop replaying that video of hurt that, that keeps going through my mind, the, those hurtful and painful situations. So that's part of forgiveness. Number two, recognizing there is a higher level of truth, God's, God's truth, than the facts of our own experience. So in our own natural minds, we, go by the, we just go by the facts. But our natural minds need to be transformed by God's power. So a, a fact of life may be that I'm... I believe that I'm nobody. I'm going nowhere. But God's truth is that God chose me before the foundations of the world. His plans for me are good. So another, another natural fact that we may experience is, is that, you know, so much is changing. I can't count on anything anymore. But God's truth says, God says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Put your trust in me, God says. Another fact is that I am going through many trials and difficulties that are going to defeat me. And God's truth says, God will bring me through the trials and difficulties and make me mature in the process. I really encourage you to spend some time uh, letting the truth of God's word sink into you through the Who I Am in Christ uh, pamphlet. Uh, because these are just powerful Tiny little short statements about who we are as believers and who we are as Christians and how the truth of God's word can come into our lives and set us free from ungodly beliefs. And so, you know, we, we look at inside some of these, you know, I am now God's child. I'm forgiven of all my sins. I am reconciled to God. I am dead to sin. I am alive to God. I am kept by God's power. I am not condemned. I have peace with God. I always triumph in Christ. I am justified by faith. I have the mind of Christ. I am called to build Christ in others. These are, are powerful, powerful parts of God's word that can dispel the ungodly beliefs in us. Number three, identify the ungodly belief at work in your life. At times, this can be found by, you know, digging down into those, those memories and emotions and, and hurts. Ask God to show you. Say, Holy Spirit, would you show me? Are there ungodly beliefs in operation in my life? And help me to be set free from them. Number four, believe based on God's word, not on experience. Because we, you know, we reap what we plant. And if we're planting Ungodly beliefs, we're going to reap that. If we plant curses, lies, negativity, untruth, then we reap those. So we begin to confess even before the, the uh, truth has happened yet, we begin to confess what God's word says over our lives. And then number five, replace. For every ungodly belief, we create a godly belief. You write it out, sharp, direct, to the point. What would be a godly truth that could replace this ungodly one? So for my ungodly belief that I was a failure, I could turn that around and say, that is an ungodly belief that is a lie from Satan. And my godly belief is that by Jesus, because of Jesus, I am a success. I am a champion. I am an overcomer. I am one who succeeds because of the power of God in my life. Write a godly belief to replace it 
one that speaks to the situation, but lines up with God in his word. We choose to make God's truth our new belief. We'd like to pray with you and, and minister with you this morning. We believe that, that uh, yeah, I, I really believe that, that this was for, was for many of you this morning. And, and many of us go through life uh, developing or carrying ungodly beliefs that don't line up with God's word and that we need to be set free. We need chains broken in our lives in the name of Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we honor you this morning. We thank you. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you that you're a good God. We know that you're a good God, that you love us, that you care for us, that you want to transform us, that you want to set us free. And, and Lord, this morning, for those uh, who may be identifying today ungodly beliefs in their lives, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we, we declare ungodly beliefs broken today in the name of Jesus, chains broken today in the name of Jesus. Lord, we, we declare freedom for captives here today in the name of Jesus. Would you, would you identify, help us to identify by your Holy Spirit. Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit on this, on this uh, church this morning. And would you show us, would you transform our minds? Would you show us where there are uh, lies of Satan in operation that need to come to uh, the blood of Jesus and be transformed into godly, godly beliefs and, and godly truths in the name of Jesus. Lord, we declare the truth of God's word over this church family today in the name of Jesus, that we would meditate, that we would speak it. We would speak it audibly, verbally, out loud over ourselves that, that we are children of God, that we are that we are the head and not the tail, that we are rising above and, and not going belief, that even when difficulties come, that the power of God is with us to help us through each, each step of that journey. Lord, in the name of Jesus, would you stand to your feet with me this morning? I'd like to ask the prayer ministers to come. We'd like to be here to, to pray with you. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you are in the process of of building your kingdom. You're in the process of building your kingdom here in us. You're in the process of building your kingdom in each of us, Lord. And, and Lord, we, we proclaim today that we uh, are stepping into the truth, even deeper and deeper into the truth of your word. And Lord, uh, may we uh, step forward from here today into this week, knowing who we are, knowing whose we are, and, and Lord, that we would move forward in new freedom, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Come forward for prayer. We'd love to pray with you this morning. Test. So I do have a quick announcement of the, uh, the Man on Project offering that we received this morning. We're going to be able to pay it forward to next year because we raised, <laughs> we raised $1,143. So, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. So we have enough to wipe out uh, this year's deficit, and we'll have some spare to uh, be able to save up for next year. Amen.